God is good. All the time. Children, you're dismissed to Children's Church. You can go with Miss Hannah. If you have your Bibles, you turn with me to Matthew chapter 1. We'll be reading eight, verses 18 through 25. Again, we're continu continuing our series, Discovering the Wonder of Christmas. Discovering the Wonder of Christmas. We talked about the wonder of the star last week. The wonder of the star. A sign that was shown. An opportunity for people to see, to follow, and to discover Christ in all His glory. Today we're going to be talking about the wonder of a name. Does anybody have a name in here? I know you have a name, whether you're going to answer me or not. Thank you, Tom. And by the way, thank you, Tom. I, I'm, I meant to, meant to do this. Before we came in here, he stopped me and asked that we pray for those in Pensacola and those that are around the country that's gone through shootings. Pensacola was one. Where was the other one? There? It seemed like there was another one. Where? Hawaii. Hawaii. Two bases that were shot on, uh, shot on this, this, uh, this week and shot up. We need to pray for their families and pray for their situations and circumstances. As a matter of fact, let's just take a minute and pray. Okay? The what? And a police officer from Huntsville. <clears throat> and uh, wow, what a tragic loss. Let, let's pray. Father, we thank you for these men and women who serve. We thank you for their lives that they've sacrificed, some in the most profoundest way. Lord, we pray for them tonight, today, for those who have lost loved ones, injured. We pray for their healing, and we pray for their families in the grief process. We pray for comfort and strength. And Lord, for one day, joy to return. So Lord, we lift up all those that were involved. We pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Matthew chapter 18. Now, everybody has a name in here. You know why I know it? you have a name? Because I had youngins. I had quite a few of them, actually. And here's the thing about it is, they won't let you leave the hospital until you name them. I know that for a fact. Okay? So I know everybody has a name, but the question is, do you know your name? Do you know your name? You see, my name has specific reference, has specific meaning. I bet yours does too. And I know our name has specific meaning and emphasis when we understand whose we are. We're going to talk a little bit about that this morning. Matthew 18, or Matthew 1, 18 through 25. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man, and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Say, Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. For he will save his people from the sin, from their sin. For he will save his people from their sin. 
Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall come. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son. And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translates and means God with us. And Joseph awoke from his sleep and did as the angel Lord commanded him and took Mary as his wife, but kept her a virgin until she came to birth a son. And he called his name Jesus. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for the reading of your word. We pray this morning that you will open our hearts and our minds to receive your truth. Holy Spirit, you're welcome in this place. We pray this in Jesus' name and everyone said... What's in a name? What's in a name? Well, it could be meaning. It could be discovery. It could be wonder. And I believe with Jesus in his name, there are so many, many aspects of the wonder of Jesus' name. Names mean a lot to us. They mean a lot to Scripture because names kind of tend to tell us who we are. They kind of marry the characteristics of who we want to be. For example, names were often changed in Scripture to identify their specific purpose or call. You following me? Uh, I'll give you a primary one. You remember the Exodus? You remember when uh, Moses went into Egypt and helped through God's power deliver the children from Israel? You remember that? Did, does Moses' name change? No, but someone else that took over and led them into the promised land, his name, you might not be too familiar with, did. Y'all know who it was? His name is Joshua. Y'all remember Joshua? Well, in the Hebrew, before Moses had an encounter with Joshua, his name was Hosea. Hosea. And the proper name for God was called Yahweh. Yahweh. So Moses had this great leader under his wings. And you remember uh, there was a particular time when the children of Israel went up to the banks of the Jordan and they were going to go into the promised land and they sent 12 spies in. Y'all remember that? Two of them was Caleb and Joshua. And of the 12, only two came back with a positive report, believing what God said could be done. And the other 10 was about how God was going to not take care of them and the people were going to squash them like grasshoppers. Joshua found favor in God's eye and in Moses' eye as well. We see that they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. And then at the time before Moses' departure from this planet to go into heaven, he was allowed to glimpse over into the promised land in which God had called them. But yet he was not allowed to go there. But there was a young man that was going to lead him. His name was, again, Hosea. But they changed his name. Moses called him and he says, I'm putting you in command for God has called you and anointed you to do this. And now your name will be a combination of Yahweh and Yosea, which is Joshua. Joshua. You know what Joshua means? The Lord is our salvation. The Lord is our salvation. Say it with me. The Lord is our salvation. And this was a very powerful thing. We see in the New Testament, names were changed as well. A famous scripture that we know of when Jesus was with the disciples. And he was talking to them and he says, who do people say that I am? And they said, you're a great prophet. You're a great counselor. You're a great teacher. And he says, ah, but who do you say that I am? 
And you remember Simon? You remember Simon? Do y'all know who Simon is? I'm fixing to tell you. You remember Simon? Simon says, you are the son of the most high God, the called and anointed Messiah. And he goes, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but the Spirit of God. And from now on you shall be called no longer Simon, but be called Peter. For upon this rock I shall build my church. Now, did he build his church on Peter? No, he built his church on the revelation of the Holy Spirit and the power that the Holy Spirit gives to those who are open to receive. Hello? But Peter's name was changed to Petros because he was the first that Jesus encountered that had this discernment from the Holy Spirit that really was not even asked for, but he obeyed it. It came into his heart and he obeyed it. His name was Simon. He changed it to Peter the Rock. There was another name that was changed as well. This is a guy that you're probably familiar with. His name was Saul. Anybody know Saul? Saul was <clears throat> at a, present at a function that was degrading and actually stoning to death my namesake. His name was Stephen. Y'all remember Stephen being stoned? That's not smoking weed. Actually, that was in a pit, okay? And they were throwing rocks at him till death because he was preaching something other than the Jewish religion, but he was preaching salvation unto God, grace and mercy and love. And they were stoned him. And Saul was there overseeing this. But Saul had an encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus. Y'all remember what happened? Boom, he was blinded and knocked him down. And he became blind. And Jesus says, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And then he realized who it was. He realized who Jesus was. And then finally after prayer, the scales came off his eyes. He could be seen. And God changed his name. So no longer you'll be called Saul, but you'll be called Paul. Names change. Why? Because names are significant. They have meaning. I was named by, as, as we just discussed, from a biblical character. His name was Stephen. S-T-E-P-H-E-N, which is biblical, not S-T-E-V-E-N, because that's not biblical. <laughs> Stephen. Do you know what Stephen means, by the way? Since it's my name, I kind of know, okay? Stephen means loyal. That's what it means. Stephen was stoned to death preaching the gospel when he could have denounced it and lived, but he proclaimed it and died. One thing I found out that I am a very loyal person. I'm loyal to my family. I'm loyal to my wife. Even when she's right, I'm loyal. That's <laughs> code words. <laughs> anyway, I'm loyal. I'm loyal to my children. Even though I will eat them up in their presence, I will defend them to the dying day somewhere else. You hear what I'm saying? Okay. I am loyal. I'm loyal to you. You may not know that. But I'm loyal to, do, to you. I love you unconditionally, no matter what. I love you. Doesn't mean I'm not going to be you. It doesn't mean that I'm not going to speak truth with love to you. It doesn't mean I'm going to get on you. It doesn't mean that. But it means that I'm loyal to you and I'm going to love you no matter what. And there's nothing you can do to change that. Now, you can make me mad. But you're not going to change my loyalty and my love for you. I'm a very loyal person. I'm brand loyal too. I'm a Ford man. I try to go Chevy, I just can't. I'm a Ford man. I'm a John Deere guy. I've tried 
I've come back. I can't do it. I'm a, I'm a John Deere. I'm a loyal person. Can you say loyal? loyal. I'm a loyal person. And it's reflected in my name. I talked to, to uh, Isaac this, this week, and I was telling him, I was driving down the car, and I said, listen, I'm doing a sermon on the, the wonder of a name and, and the meaning of a name, and you were very specifically named uh, as a child because when I had the rest of my kids, I wasn't too mature, somewhat brain dead in a lot of different ways. Because, and, and here's what I've, I've, I've understood, that naming kids is either you name them after a family member, somebody you want to remember, or you want to have some kind of designer name that nobody else has. And they, where do people come up with these names nowadays? Unbelievable. It's some kind of, I saw a name the other day that was all consonant, didn't have a vowel in it. You know, and, and, and try to pronounce that. It's just hard, okay? Names, they mean something. They really do. And, and so uh, when you go through this process and you name your kids, for example, I was named Stephen from the Bible because for some reason Daddy identified with Stephen and thought he was like the man, so to speak, even though he died very young. I don't know what that means. But anyway, and then my middle name is Lewis. L-O-U-I-S. And my dad, his name is Jerry Lewis Dorn. Don't you know he took some ribbon when, when he was a kid? So I share my, my dad's name because it's family. So I've got a biblical and I've got a family and then our surname, Dorning. And, and so we named our children, you know, basically after family members, trying to get the lineage and keeping that alive and stuff. Uh, but when Isaac came along, well, I wanted to be a little more intentional about purpose. So I named him Isaac. Do you know what Isaac means? Isaac means son of promise, son of laughter, son of joy. That's what it means. So I asked him, I said, Isaac, knowing that you were intentionally named, knowing that you were named with a characteristic in mind, by the way, which is an Old Testament uh, the cultural thing. People used to name their kids for the traits they were naming them for. Okay? So I said, knowing this, I said, has that helped you, hurt you? What do you think about that? He said, I think it's been a very positive thing for me. And I said, okay, tell me, tell me a little bit more of what you're talking about. He said, well, you know, he said, every time somebody calls my name, I'm automatically, because I know the meaning of that name and I know why you named me that, I'm reminded of my heritage and I'm reminded of what I'm expected to be and do. So every time somebody says my name, when they say Isaac, I'm reminded I'm a son of promise. I'm a son of joy and son of laughter. I know that I have a heritage and I have a calling. I have something to live up to. And he says, I'm reminded of it, even though it's subliminal sometimes, as far as in the back of my mind subconsciously, even though it's that way, it's still present. It is there. I thought that was very powerful. So now we see in the name of Jesus being mentioned. Very particularly, the angels appeared to Joseph and he says, don't put your wife away because this child is conceived of the Holy Spirit, immaculate conception. He treated her still as a virgin. This baby is going to be Emmanuel, God with us. That's what Emmanuel stands for, God with us. And his name shall be called Jesus. Now, do you know what Jesus means? You remember Joshua, which means the Lord is our salvation. 
Jesus means the Lord, our salvation. Did you hear that? The Lord, our salvation. Jesus was very particularly picked out and said, this is what you will call him. He is Emmanuel, God with us, and he shall be called Jesus, the Lord, our salvation. And, and you know, we look at Jesus and we see a lot of attributes that maybe goes with that name, Jesus. We know that he's a great teacher. Everybody agrees that he was a great teacher. Remember when he was talking to the disciples and he says, who do they say that I am? He says, you're a great teacher. And, and, and we could say that and it would be true, but it would be incomplete because there's a lot of good teachers beside Jesus, isn't there? Really? A lot of good teachers. We know that Jesus also said that he was a healer. You know, he healed the blind, he healed the lame, and he, and, he, and, and he did all those healing things that we know in Scripture. But we do know that there's healing that takes place. And even though I believe all healing comes from God, we knew that there were other people that authored healing just like Jesus did in those days, offered healing. So we know that there were other healers as well. We know that Jesus was a counselor, a counselor. But we know that counselors exist. We know that uh, other counselors do exist. And by, by the way, you know, counseling is the cure-all. If you get good counseling, it'll cure every element you got, right? Y'all are going, how do I answer this? <laughs> no, counseling doesn't heal anything. Counseling helps you work through it. So when people say I'm going to counseling, they think I'm going to counseling to get healed. No, you're going to counseling to get help. And help gets you through your circumstance and carries you to a better place. Are you listening to me? Was Jesus a counselor? Great counselor. Yes, a mighty counselor was he. But there were other counselors in the world. Was he a prophet? Yes, he was a prophet. Matter of fact, there's a lot of religions that recognize Jesus as a great prophet and a great teacher, a great counselor, and even a healer. But we had other great prophets too. What about Isaiah? You remember Elijah? You remember Elisha? These are great prophets. But there's one thing that Jesus was that nobody ever has been or ever will be. Jesus was a savior. He was a savior. He came to save the world and set us free. Remember that verse in 21 says, He will save his people from their sins. His people is you. His people is me. His people are our family. His people are all those who would accept and receive. His name is Jesus, and he's the only one that can save us. He's the only one that can redeem us. He, can, he is a mighty counselor. He's a mighty teacher. He's a mighty healer. But he is the only Savior and Lord. He is the only Savior Lord. What do we need to understand about the name of Jesus? What do we need to primarily understand about the name more and, and more than anything else is this. We need a Savior and God sent Jesus as the Savior. 
God knows we need more than a teacher, more than a healer, more than a counselor, or more than a great prophet. What we need is a Savior, so he sent Jesus. That is the true good news of great joy in this season. The true good news of great joy in this season. It's not the trees or the lights. It's not the twinkling star. It's not the presence or the fall that you have wrapped them with. The true and the greatest joy that is experienced in this season is in the name called Jesus. For at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that he is the only Savior and Lord. He's the only Savior and Lord. John 3.17 says, For God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through him. And I'm going to emphasize the word might there. Might. Because you see, might is still an optional word for us. It's still whether we choose to receive. He's not forcing anyone. He offers everyone for those who receive his promise. The second thing that we need when we're talking about and discovering the wonder of the name is that we need discovery is that we need a name. You need a name. You need a name. We need a name. Hmm. Once you accept God's name, and he has a name for you, the Christmas gift to the world, when you receive that name and say yes to Jesus and the Savior's love, God gives you a new name. You know what that new name is? We call it Christian. I'm a Christian. How about you? You know what's sad about me is sometimes when I do funerals and we're talking about people and we're talking and say, yeah, they were a Christian and people look surprised. Well, I didn't know he was a Christian. Let that sink in for a minute. What does that name mean? And what does that name mean to you? Are we Christians? Are we Christians living up to the attributes of what Christians are supposed to be? What are Christians? Christians mean that we're Christ-like. We're following in the footsteps of Christ. We're disciples of Christ. We're understanding and take the nature of Christ. When we receive that gift of being a Christian, being a Christ follower, it would indicate we have a higher standard and a higher realm of accountability in living. And it gives us a name that not only has a higher account of accountability, but it also gives us a higher level of access. Of access and privilege. When I was a boy, I was about 13 years old, my grandfather was sheriff of Lincoln County in Tennessee. And he was working the fairgrounds, and I was uh, getting through school. I was having basketball practice. He says, when you get through practice, just come over to the fairgrounds. Come on in, and I'll be at the box. He had a little box over there by the harness racing. We used to watch harness racing as, as a kid, with the horses and the buggies. Y'all ever seen harness racing? It's an amazing thing. Se September, it's a good time to go. Lake County Fair. So I walked in. I walked in, went through the gate. And I was going down a little corridor there. And a guy turned around and he said, 
hey boy, where are you going? I said, well, I'm going to the, uh, the horse arena. I'm going, I'm going to see the horse races and stuff. Now, with no tickets, you're not. Get your honey back here and get on out unless you've got some money to buy a ticket. I said, oh, okay. So I'll go out, sidewalk there, and it's a little, little bench there, a little uh, landscaping there around the, the tree, little rocks. And I sit down on a rock, and I just sit there. About 30, 45 minutes go by. My grandfather comes out. He goes, boy, where you been? I said, I tried to go back there that morning. I couldn't get in. They told me that I couldn't get in without a ticket. He goes, come on. So he goes up there and we go to the station. He says, this is my grandson. He goes, man, why didn't you tell me you were the sheriff's grandson? Man, you come in here time you want to. You can go anywhere you want to. You're the sheriff's grandson. <laughs> I started going, yep, that's right. I'm the sheriff's grandson. See, the name meant something to him after he understood whose name I carried. Are you listening? When we carry the name of Christian, there's certain privileges and accesses that we have to God that no other name gives us. Because Jesus is our ambassador. Jesus is our advocate. Jesus is the one who sits at the right-hand seat of God the Father making intercession for you and me as we pray. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. And when we come into the Jesus, and we come and pray in the name of Jesus, and we cast out demons in the name of Jesus, when we pray for healing in the name of Jesus, there's power in that name. In that name. So the question is, do you know who you are? Do you know your name? And the second part, if you know your name, are you living in the full authority of that name? Because that name will either keep you seated outside the gate or it'll get you in the box by the horse arena. Are you listening to me? We need a name. God gave us a name. We're Christians. We're followers of Christ. John 1, 9 through 13 says this. There was the true light, which coming into the world enlightens every man. He was in the world, and the world was made through him. And the world did not know him. They didn't know him. He came to his own, but those who were his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become, listen to me, listen to me, to them he gave them right to become the children of God. Even to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor the will of flesh, nor the will of man, but by the purpose and spirit of God. We have his name. We have his name. Have you experienced the richness of his name? Have you experienced the wonder of his name? If you've not, I want to invite you this morning, right where you are, just to receive and believe and ask Jesus to give you his name. To give you his name. My prayer is that you receive this gift of God with great appreciation, great expectation, and unspeakable joy. For that is the most wonderful wonder you will ever experience. 
Bow your head with me. This morning, maybe you've heard the call to receive that name. Maybe you've had questions about whether you have fully embraced the name. Maybe you have never received or asked Jesus Christ to give you that name, to redeem you, to save you from your sin. <clears throat> Quickly, but just for a moment, I want to ask you, would you want to do that this morning? Every head's bowed, every eye closed. If you'd like to do that, and your purpose in your heart, saying, Pastor, I want to do that this morning, if you would, just slip your hand up where I can see it. Is there anybody this morning? I see that hand. Oh, there are others. then we're going to assume that all is right with God. We're going to pray, earnestly seek His favor, earnestly do His will as we live our lives. There's an old song that I want to close with that maybe it can be our prayer. It goes something like this. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. There's just something about that name. Master, Savior, Jesus. Like the fragrance after the rain. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Let all heaven and earth proclaim. Kings and kingdoms will all pass away. But there's something about that name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Are you glad you came to church this morning? Glad you came to church. Thanks for watching. We would love for you to connect with us online. On our website, you will find up-to-date information about everything happening around here. Look for us on Facebook and Instagram. And please, download our free app on your smartphone or tablet. We are so glad you're here, and we hope you enjoy your friendship experience.